Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, I think the, our power play was, was probably what got us on our way. And, um, the, you know, there were other key moments through through the day with bat and ball, but to, to start the game like that with, with Joshy and, and, and I, power play wickets have probably been um, not our strong suit through the tournament, so it was nice to have you know a power play of what, two for 18 or something like that. So um, the way Josh bowled throughout to finish two for 12 was, was incredible. Um, and then Trav with, with bat and ball. And, and I think a lot of guys in the field as well, the way Davey stepped up in the field uh, and, and led by example, um, you could, you could probably name everyone at different circumstances through the day to, to really step up in a big game. That was Mitchell Stark speaking after Australia's win over South Africa in the World Cup semi-final. South Africa slumped to four for 24 and they could never recover. I'm Menes. I'm joined by Gav Joshi. Gav, how are you feeling? A bit dusty after a late night? A couple of late nights, Menes. It's two semi-finals and... Uh, lucky we can give ourselves a couple of night break and then do it again on Sunday night. But um, look, fantastic semi-finals. Uh, the one I really enjoy it, the lowest scoring tussle between Australia and South Africa. But finally, you feel like, you know, the World Cups, we haven't had that many close games, but I, I really enjoyed the two semi-finals. Um, you know, such contrast, but hey, we're in the final. I think the best two teams are there. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. This episode of Cricket Unfiltered is brought to you by NordVPN. If you head to nordvpn.com forward slash Cricket Unfiltered, you get a special offer just for you. There's a money-back guarantee, and you get two years at a terrific rate. If you need a VPN, please go to the link in the show notes, click through, and you'll get a fantastic offer for just Cricket Unfiltered listeners. And it's never been a more important time than right now to have a VPN because if you don't want to miss a ball of the World Cup, you can use a VPN to switch your virtual location. So if you're traveling, you can use your sports viewing app wherever you are and you'll never miss a moment of the cricket, which we know if you're a listener of Cricket Unfiltered is really important. So that's NordVPN.com forward slash Cricket Unfiltered. Head to there now and check out the latest offer. 
I guess I should start off the show by eating some humble pie. I've been on the backs of the Australians this whole tournament, but I guess I have to take it on the chin. I was unequivocally wrong. They've pulled themselves together. The team is peaking at the right time. I don't think they can beat India on on Sunday night, but whatever happens, it's been a phenomenal achievement. The selectors got it right. They, They got the squad right. They waited for Travis Head. They just picked Adam Zampa. And I was uh, on their backs at the beginning of the tournament, but uh, they pulled it out of they pulled a rabbit out of a hat, so to speak, and we're in a World Cup final. And uh, you, you know, go on. Yes. So, so is it a tick mark from Menes already? Yes, yes, it's a tick mark. Okay. It's, a, it's an apology. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not too proud okay. to say I'm sorry. And um, yeah, so I'm I wholeheartedly support this well, team, this management, this coaching staff. Pat Cummins' captaincy, um, probably the best 50-over captain we've ever had now. <laughs> Jesus, okay, <laughs> stop it. Hey, but full credit to you. You know, yes, you, you you said you're wrong, but you were right about one man, um, and we'll come to the game in a second. It was Inglis. You know, you've, you've said it from the start that he should take over from Kerry. I was against it. I thought Kerry's the man. I thought last night's situation was, was approved. So well done, Menas, on that one. Um, Thank uh, you. But, yeah, like a few of the predictions we talked about, I, I mean, I think, and we'll get into the game, but I, I'm impressed. I, I'm glad that they stuck with Trevor's head, and I told you long before the World Cup why that had to happen. Um, last night was an indication, and it just changes the way Australia play. We both picked um, uh, Marnus Labuschagne to play. That happened as well. Um, but, yes, uh, look, I think there's a few turning points, and we'll talk about them. Definitely. So Australia into into the eighth World Cup final, beating South Africa by three wickets. And you spoke about the team selection. So Manus Labuschagne did get the nod over Marcus Stoinis. That was the only real surprise for Australia. For South Africa, they picked two spinners, Maharaj and Shamsi, Rabada and Kutsi, and Janssen were the three quicks. Now, it's, I think, predicted by South Africa that they would throw Shamsi at us. And we'll see later on, it was very effective. But South Africa won the toss. They elected to bat. So they, they got what they wanted. They're, they're a, a team that sets targets and defends well. So already I was nervous. But at, at the end of the first over, the last ball of the first over, Stark got Bavuma caught behind. And that started a bit of, of a procession, Gav. Decock played a pretty loose shot trying to hit Hazelwood out of the attack and was caught by Cummins. Then you had Markram to caught a gully, a good catch by Warner. And finally, Van der Dusen edged one to Smith at slip off Hazelwood. And that reduced South Africa to four for 24. And, uh, Gav, you can imagine the the nerves and the, I guess, the post-traumatic stress uh, disorders that were coming up, not just for the South African players, but the South African fans at that point. Look, it was the best 10 overs I've seen from Australia in the World Cup. It's the best 10 overs I've seen from Australia for a very long time. The the, the credit for de Kock's wicket and even um, Aidan Markram's wicket, I think a fair bit of it, not just go to Josh Hazelwood and, and, and Stark, but also um, David Warner in the covers and Marnus yeah. Labuschagne, who was that extra cover, because they stopped about three boundaries. And you could sense that even just the ball before t- talking, I think, of watching it with my dad. And I said, look, watch watch Aidan Markham go hard this one and he's going to get caught at slip or perhaps in the gully. Exactly what happened the next ball. It's just a frustration. And I think it's the fielding. I don't think um, it, it was the perfect 10 overs. I, I know Travis Head was man of the match, but geez, Josh Hazelwood can push the case because 
he's outstanding. And it's, it's the best that, I mean, seven overs on the trot for Mitchell Stark. I mean, he's never done that in his 120 matches. Um, and good on Pat Cummings. He felt that ball was swinging. He could do damage. Um, so good captaincy by Pat Cummings on that matter too. But I think the first 10 overs set up the game for Australia, 10 to 15 overs with just, just you know, you, you can talk about what we're going to do. We talk about attitude. Uh, look, you know, I think Andrew McDonald, if he had his book, he's given them 100 out of 100 for those first 15 overs. Well, that's Australia have been craving new ball wickets this whole tournament. Mm. And they haven't really been able to get them well, consistent, consistently. But, you well, know, you mentioned the fielding. So just, you know, you're yep. talking about Labuschagne and uh, Warner. I don't know. That reminded me so much of sort of that 2003, 2007 period when Ponting yep. and Simons and those yes. great fielders would prowl in the, the covers and they were like, a you know, the whole team was together and, you know, suffocating the opposition. It had those yep. vibes to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Manus has been outstanding with his fielding at this World Cup. I think probably the only blemish was that uh, catch where he stood on the rope. Um, but, yeah, you're right. And we talked about those wickets and how important it was. I mean, there's, there's two things we I spoke about in the stats, and I said South Africa have taken more power play wickets than, you know, I think than any other team. Australia out of the semifinals had the least amount of wickets, and Australia had to flip that. I'm sure that was discussed. And when we get to the Australian batting, I, I made a valid point on this podcast. I said, if Australia's doing the man that they will go after in Kolkata on a slow pitch is Marco Janssen, and they did. So two topics that we talked about, and I'm sure the Australian team talked about, and they executed perfectly. Give yourself a pat on the back, Gav. <laughs> so the power play for South Africa was an absolute disaster. They were... Two for 18 after 10 overs. They just couldn't get going. Then they lost those further two wickets to be four for 24. And broadly speaking, though, Gav, I have to say it was a gutsy performance from South Africa from that point. You know, we messaged that the game could be over by midnight. They could be rolled for 100 and Australia does it easily. But, you know, a good partnership between Klaassen and Miller. Miller went on to make a beautiful century, 101 off 116 balls. And they were able to get that total up to 212 which had echoes of the 1999 semi-final where I think the target was 213 or the, the, the target was 214, but both teams ended up on 213. So, uh, you know, from four for 24 to get 212, I thought that was pretty special. Uh, and they could have got a few more. Klaassen and um, Miller had put on 95 mm -hmm. and then Travis Head was brought into the attack, a bit of a masterstroke, and he took two wickets and two balls. And and reduced South Africa to one nineteen for six, and from there Miller played superbly. You have to say that was a great innings under pressure. Great innings on a very tough pitch, and we saw how difficult it was. Um, I, so I, definitely, I think South Africa would rue a couple of uh, opportunities. I know Class, and it was a bit lazy with that shot. Good ball by Travis Head, uh, but dismissal. I think it was called. Know, we, I think they said afterwards it was a straight one. He just missed a straight one. Well, just a, the ball before turned a, a fair amount, and I think Class sort of was anticipating the ball to turn and almost played on the inside uh, mm. of. That ball. Um, the big one I think they'll be disappointed with is, is Keshav Maharaj. I mean, there was still about five overs to go. Uh, Maharaj can certainly bat. Miller had not got to his ton, I believe. And, you know, he just had to hang around and trying to loft someone like a, uh, I'm, I'm, might have been uh, Pat Cummins. Um, he tried to loft him over Stark. the top. Stark. Stark, I beg your pardon. Yep. And, and, I just think, you know, it was a crucial point because you just had to stay there and maybe Miller could go on the rampage a little bit later. 
Um, and I think, you know, facing Rabada and, and, and Shamsi can hardly hold a bat. I think it just costs South Africa those 15 runs. I mean, when the game is close, you, you look at these small things. And we, we talked about the Australia's loss against New Zealand. And remember, men, as we've talked about how someone like a Daryl Mitchell in that game um, and, and, and Phillips, when they've already got 10 or 12 of the over, tried to smack the last ball and got out. So that game management... I think South Africa will be incredibly disappointed. These small things in a big match, in a close match, cost you. And I, I think looking back on that, South Africa will just go, well, if we just did that a little bit better. You're right. I mean, you look at the chase. Had they had 230 on the board, maybe it was enough. Um, just looking at the bowling figures, Mitchell Stark, 10 overs, 3 for 34. It was what we hoped that he would click into gear for the big games, and we certainly got that. Josh Hazelwood, just superb, eight overs, two for 12, economy of just 1.5 runs per over. It, it just seems so farcical now that he was left out of the 2019 World Cup squad. And then Pat Cummins, 9.4 overs, three for 51. Probably struggled a bit at times to find his length, but those three quicks led the way superbly. Oh, they were fantastic. I mean, you know, even even Pat Cummins, I think he was quite smart. He he knew one tactic, and that was to adapt the ball cutters into the pitch. Um, but yeah, look, I think Josh Hazelwood. I think it was a perfect pitch for Josh Hazelwood. Just had that bit of movement as well. Um, and and Mitchell Stark, you know, like I think if you look at South Africa, they're probably. You know, I think Ricky Ponting said it on air, and I was listening to actually the Hindi commentators. Man, has actually switched over. Mm, I wasn't. Fox. <laughs> because Fox and and one of the points they said is, is about you know sometimes when things aren't going your way you don't punish some of the half volleys and Mitchell Stark did dish out a couple um, which could have been capitalized on and they'll be disappointed with that and but that's pressure and that pressure was created by Hazelwood and full credit to Stark I think his length and line was a lot better I I think which and the ball didn't really swing the traditional way like Mitch Stark after those you know in his first three uh, odd overs so the the next four overs he was outstanding I, I mean full credit to those two I think they they set up the game for Australia they did and just looking at Australia's slow bowlers Adam Zampa sent over seven overs none for 55 they did collar him a bit and I, I sort of flagged that I think in the lead up in either in our preview or I jumped on a South African cricket podcast, so maybe it was there. But I did like the matchup for South Africa. They've they've traditionally played Zampa well, and they did. But, you know, Maxwell, 10 overs, none for 35, and Travis had five overs, two for 21, were able to sort of make up the fact that Zampa wasn't quite at his best. And I, I do want to say one thing that I think has made the difference to Australia is Glenn Maxwell has mm. bowled as well as a frontline second spinner. I was oh. kicking and screaming that Australia needs a second spinner over there. But Maxwell, if you look at his figures, no second spinner you can imagine could have done better than him. He's just been – I've never seen him bowl so well, Gav. Uh, he's just bowling straight into the wicket, as you say, you know, in his action. And I have to speak to a few sources to find out what if he's done anything different. But he's actually like – it's a bit like Jadeja, which is almost bowling into the wicket and on those sort of Indian pitches, it's really suited him. Um, so Do you think it's the IPL experience, Gav? Because uh, I just well, I just think all those years playing in the IPL, bowling with batters coming after you, he just looks on song. Yeah, I like it to the right-handers. He bowls from around the wicket and against left-handers. And, and, and he's... 
you know, his, his lines and his length have been, have been, it sounds like a cliche, but he's actually hitting the stumps a lot. Um, and, and I think that that's quite important. And his length, it's hard to really go after Glenn Maxwell. And I think one of the important parts, Menace, is he's actually understanding and you get that sense as a bowler. I've spoken to a lot of bowlers and they just know what the, the bat is going to do. Adam Sample's mm. a bit. And I think he susses out like when the big shot is coming or maybe when the reverse sweep is coming. And I think Maxi, he actually watches a heck of a lot of cricket, which a lot of people will be surprised by. Glenn Maxwell is a cricket addict and he watches a lot of cricket. And I think he, sometimes you can just get the sense when that's happening and with his experience. And I think that's aided him to bowl so effectively at this World Cup. I don't think Mitchell Stark watches a lot of cricket because he was asked after the match if he had any memories of the 2003 World Cup final when Australia played India. And, look, that was 20 years ago, so Mitch would have been, I think, a teenager then. Well, would have been wicketkeeper then. Exactly, but he had no idea about that game. Um, And those highlights are played often. So, anyway, I don't think Stark's the same. Um, So, um, South Africa finished with 212 and a superb bowling performance. Now, we talk about Australia getting results when they were bowling. Well, then early on with the bat, set the tone, and they got off to such a fast start that it got more difficult later on. But Australia was so effective against the new ball that they they did a lot of the hard work early, and they raced to none for 60 after six overs before Warner was out. But, you know, that sort of – they just set them on the right path because if they'd dithered around a bit at the beginning and and been a little tentative, uh, it might have made the chase a lot harder. I, I don't think Australia were ever going to be tentative. I mean, you listening to you know Pat Cummins um, uh, throughout this campaign, and we talked about the, the team talk that he had uh, after the uh, just after the second game, and he said, if we're going to lose, we want to play in, in in a brand that we want, you know, which is to attack. And I think Travis Head coming back has, of course, helped that. Mitch Marsh spoke about it. He said, you know, I sometimes in that game against New Zealand went into my show. I don't know why I did. Uh, and I just had to be, you know, sort of expansive again. We saw, you know, leading in that wonderful 100 against Bangladesh. But I don't think Australia was ever going to uh, be sort of, and you look at the first ball Travis Head tried to smash um, and, and they just took on, yeah, Marco Janssen, which I said they will definitely do because Janssen, that wasn't the pitch for Marco Janssen. And plus, just remember, people wondering, well, how come if South Africa didn't get that much movement? A good for four hours before the game started or even hour, certainly two hours, the, the, because the uh, bit of drizzle around, the, the covers were on and it created a lot of moisture underneath. So Australian uh, bowlers got a bit of nip going. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely right. I mean... You know, just the way they took on Rabada um, and and Janssen um, and then Kurtzer when he came on. What stunned me, Menas, was how long it took. Um, you know, I don't know if Kesha Maharaj is not uh, comfortable bowling in the power play, but it just took uh, Bavuma, um, to my liking, um, too late to, to bring on um, Kesha Maharaj, who's going to play a vital role. I agree. I don't think Bavuma had his best day in the field because at the end I thought you should have probably brought back Rabada to have a bit of a spell and try and get those last few wickets. We know when he's when he clicks into gear, Rabada, you know, he can take three wickets in and over. But you're right, Warner was I mean, off to a fl- flyer, 29 of 18 balls with four sixes and a boundary. Uh, and we just needed that little push. 
Yeah, I'm just going back to those. I think Ketchum Maharaj bowled. I mean, he got, he got a wicket with his first first ball. And Ketchum Maharaj bowled when Australia was two for 106. I mean, 100, they scored 50% of the runs. I, I was astonished why he was born on so late. Mm. I mean, I, we know what that pitch was going to be. It was a similar kind of pitch. And we saw Jadeja against South Africa just do so much damage on that pitch. Um, even Maharaj yeah, on a similar kind right. of pitch against India was outstanding. I mean, 80 runs was Far too many. I, I mean, yes, Australia is probably going to go after him, but that, that's when you get wickets. I think, yeah, Bavuma just missed a trick there. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of uh, missing a trick, or I mean, David Warner, Markram, Aidan Markram was brought on to bowl, first ball of the seventh over. Australia had none for 60, just motoring along. That was one of the worst shots I've ever seen from David Warner. He completely got the read the length wrong. He sort of went back to a half volley and ended up just missing it. It was stunningly bad. It was, but look, he did pick the, you know, Warner's always had problems against off spinners and in subcontinent um, on, on turning pitches. Um, but, and, and big reason for that is, is he struggles to pick up the length. Um, but, but look, I, I mean, I don't blame Dave Mourner. I mean, in the sense that I think him and Travis had achieved uh, they achieved the objective. The objective was to go oh, hard, yeah. you know. So I don't know, blame Dave Mourner. I mean, th- that's the thing, and that's that's where I think Pat Cummins look t- great teams. Uh, and we'll talk about India later on, but great teams. Pat Cummins has said we're going to go hard. This is how we want to play. If we lose and get rolled, like we will talk about Marcus Labuschagne's dismissal. If Australia lost, you and I will be saying, "Well, what was he doing?" That's not Marcus. Get there. We'll get there. Yeah, that but, was a but shocker. Th- that's th- that's how they want Pat Cummins wants the team to play. Yeah, agree. And it's amazing how the game changed when spin bowling came into the game. And you know, if you're the Indian team manager, but management, you'll be looking at that, thinking, "Hello, this Australian team still has problems against spin because the required run rate was completely reduced by that fast start, and yet they still looked all at sea." If that was the same pitch, and Australia had to take. Score two hundred and thirteen with Jadeja and 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 Kuldeep yeah, and India's bowling pace uh, attack. R- would the result be different? I, I think so, definitely. Uh, they'd have probably played Ashwin though against us, uh, India. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get to that. But um, so Mitchell Marsh went for a duck off six balls. He was caught in the covers off Rabada. Um, so that had a straight two for sixty one, and a, I guess a slight wobble. And then, as you said, Travis Head was out first ball to Maharaj, capped off a very good game for Head, 62 off 48 and two for 21 with the ball. And, and, and you know, at this stage, as I said, the tone of the game definitely changed by now that Australia wasn't, was getting a little stuck. And, and, and but then we had what, what the game, the, this team was set up for Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne there mm-hmm. in a chase where it's yep. not about scoring runs quickly, it's about wickets in hand. The only way, South Africa were going to win was to bowl us out. So, uh, you know, Smith and Labuschagne, and they put on, you know, 27, and, and I was starting to relax. But then you said before, for some reason, Marnus tried to play a reverse sweep of Shamsi and was out LBW for 18, just as he was starting to get into his innings. And that opened up the middle order. And, yeah, peculiar shot, only probably made, only worst shot to come was Glenn Maxwell when he tried to slog Shamsi and I think he missed it by two feet, Maxi. Oh, that's all right. I mean, Maxi's again against Afghanistan that connected and he got a double hundred. You know, and it, oh, I'm not, I'm not, 
I'm that's Maxi. That's Maxi's yeah. career, isn't it? Two hundred yeah, off one twenty, and then plays a shocker. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a pretty much identical wall that could leave the other bowled him in the first first game of the World Cup, and he got bowled. So, uh, I mean, that's Glenn Maxwell for you. And, and as I've already said, and I hope you know he proves me wrong. And he just hasn't he hasn't done it when um, you know there, there, there is a against Afghanistan, nobody expected him to do it. So there was no pressure. If he pulls it off, great. And and it was one of it is one of the greatest knocks in one day cricket. But you know, when you have to do it then, what what do you do? I mean, full credit to Max, what I did like is is again that Pat Cummins has got to go out and play that shot. I don't care. You know, mm. and he did, and so there's not. I don't. I don't blame Glenn Maxwell for doing it. I think if he if he, he tried to reverse sweep early on, if he gets four boundaries away, suddenly and which a bit like Travis Head. You know, if you look at some such Travis Head, he he hit the ball on the rise, and you're like, mm, okay, oh yeah, be careful. Not his attitude, but he just he missed it by two feet. No, he, wasn't he, even, he did. <laughs> that was yeah, the he, funny. He, he didn't even get he, close to it. He, well, exactly. So, which is the worst shot, Maxwell's or Manus? Uh, probably minuses because uh, I, I don't, <laughs> just don't think it's his game. I think, uh, we, yeah, you don't see him reverse sweep very often, so the pressure got to him. So at this stage, the score was five for 137, and Josh Inglis strode to the crease to join Steve Smith. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll pick up our review after the break as my man Josh Inglis joins Smith. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Menes. I'm with Gav. We're reviewing both semifinals and at Australia are five for 137. And at this stage, Gav, I was nervous. I was like, oh, my God. Like, we could actually botch this from here. Were you? Uh, not so much. Yeah, actually, I mean, I was as soon as English came out to bat. After English played first six or seven deliveries, which are the hardest on that pitch and the way he – adjusted uh, watching his technique, I thought him and Smith will get the job done. I, I just became confident. I, I thought English is playing so well. And and it, it just, it was perfect. Like I was looking at a few, you know, a few journalists and, and, and people giving ratings. I mean, I think he was given six and a half. I think English's innings was worth eight and a half. I mean, if he gets out there, that, that just creates so much pressure and just, uh, look, there were some close shaves um, for all the batters. I mean, S- Smith got one, you know, played and missed a few times. Manus had that loud appeal. Warner had a few played misses. I think it was English hardly missed a ball. It, like, it, mm. was, it was pretty much 
he was in full control of that innings. I love it how he came out in first ball. Shamsi almost, you know, basically came in with fast bowlers, followed through after bowling one. And just stared him eye to eye, chewing on his gum. And he was so confident, like his technique, staying low, playing with a vertical bat off the back foot, you know, it, it, low back lift. I think, you know, it, it's one of those innings. If Australia go on to win that World Cup, I hope people talk about that 28 that English made. Oh, it's a fantastic story when you think about him brought into the World Cup after one game. He's kind of struggled, just made it one half century, hasn't really found his feet yet. And then he finds himself in the most intensely pressurised situation and he's able to come through with 28 of 49 deliveries. Clearly his best innings in Australian colours. And he and Smith put on 37, so it got the score from five for 137 to 174 for six. And, you know, just just knocked off that, you know, as you say, if Australia loses a wicket there when Inglis comes out, then it, the target looks a long way away. Speaking of bad shots, Steve Smith, Played an interesting shot. Kutsi came around the wicket and Smith just tried to, I don't know where he was trying to hit it, but he ended up just hitting it straight up in the air, looking to slog it. And he was out for 30 off 62. Uh, and it's amazing, you know, the pressure got to a lot of the batters in this match because that was an unusual shot from Smith in the circumstances. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I think Kutsi had, I mean, credit to Babuma. I mean, you just felt then that Australia and English and Smith were playing the spinners quite comfortably, went through his quick bowler, uh, you know, and even he made Kutsu decide to come around the wicket. So you got to give credit. This is how when things aren't working, captain needs to play a role tactically as well. And he went around the wicket, he bowled those couple of short bounces and then another short ball. And I think mm. Smith was always the field that was set. Smith was almost looking for another sort of, you know, ball and it couldn't be overhead high. Uh, because it would have been a wide, and I think Smithy was just expecting it. And I thought, you know, that one of the great strengths of Steve Smith is play the ball in the merit, and I don't think he did. Mm-hmm. I, was, I think he was premeditating that that ball to be short, and he, geez, that ball went high. It did. So he made 30 off 62, so it's still a good knock. And then Inglis was out with the score at 193 for seven. He actually got a good ball from Kotze, a good Yorker that got through him. But there was only 20 to go then, and... And I was still nervous, but I did feel that we we got close enough that the tail would get us through. But it was a nervy last period. Mitchell stuck 16 of 38 deliveries. Pat Cummins, 14 of 29. They were both not out at the end. And for those that remember the first test of the Ashes in Edgbaston, it's almost the sh- same shot Cummins played uh, to win that famous test match this winter where he just steered it to the third boundary And, uh, yeah, it's very similar to the way we won that first test at Edgbaston. And Australia win by three wickets with two two overs to spare and four balls. And there was a few nervous moments, but a great win. Can we term Pat Cummins as the genuine finisher? I mean, he finished a test match on his uh, test debut all these years ago. Then mm, against South Africa, off. yep. He, you know, cool and calm in that innings when Maxi went berserk. Uh, he's done it again. He did it in the Ashes. I mean, geez, James Falkland finished off two matches, and we termed him the finisher. Why isn't Paddy Cummins the finisher, Menes? <laughs> he, he's he's cool, calm, and collected. Pat Cummins and. Uh, yeah, fantastic just, achievement. Just, 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 just one point I want to add is that South Africa, I know there were difficult catches, but South Africa dropped five catches. Uh, mm. When you're chasing that, it was defending that 213. I know uh, Vander Dusen took a brilliant catch, I think it was, or it's a class. And, uh, but uh, I 
you can't drop five catches. Uh, you know, no. you have to you have to take you know you have to take at least two of those fives. And I think that's also one of those. You know, when 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 the game is so close, you look at those marginal moments, and I don't think uh, choke's a strong word. I don't think South Africa choked, but they you know, those fine things. Warner and 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 Mana stopped those boundaries at the start of the things. South Africa missed those catches. I think you know fielding plays a big part as well, and I think Australia too good on the day. Yeah, absolutely. Fielding was the difference, uh, and both power plays. When you think is you know Australia were two for seventy four after ten, and uh, South Africa were two for eighteen after ten. They're very different starts than the innings. So head Travis Head was the player of the match, and Australia going to the eighth World Cup final. They've lost two World Cup finals. So in seventy five they lost to the West Indies, and in nineteen ninety six they lost to Sri Lanka. But they've won five other finals and they've beaten India in a World Cup final in 2003. And for those that remember, it was set up by a magical 100 by Ricky Ponting and a superb partnership with Damien Martin where, you know, I think they got 360 or 359 Australia. And back in 2003, that was like getting, you know, 500 now in a one-day game. But Australia, Gav, are going to run into the, the form side of this World Cup and I want to talk about the first semi-final. India playing New Zealand. India batting first made 397 for four. Just an imperious batting performance led by Virat Kohli's century. His 50th in one-day cricket. Ayers 105 and Chubman Gill's 80. It was a superb batting performance by India. They just all look in form. They do. They do. I mean... Who that 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 top four or top five is so good? I think KL Rahul doesn't get a lot of credit. I think he's just you know he, he's a guy as we saw in that opening land. You can come in at three for ten and resurrected innings, and he can you know come in the forty fifth over and hit thirty nine off twenty balls. I think I think that's that's kind of better. That I think he's the best number five in the tournament. I think no other player can do that, and that allows India to you know go hard at the top, but just have that luxury of having such a complete player at number five. Um, but look, outstanding. I think full credit to New Zealand. I reckon there are a lot of teams, the way Shami and Boomer got the ball to move and Siraj could have bowled the opposition out for, you know, 170 odd. I, I think it did a lot in those power playovers, but New Zealand just hung in, just hung in, just hung in and full credit to them. I mean, if New Zealand restrict India to 360, this is lots of ifs and buts. This becomes a, a classic. I mean, Daryl Mitchell, I don't think in, everyone's talked about Ratchet and Ravindra. I think Daryl Mitchell's had a fantastic World Cup. I mean, at number four, the bat the way he did. Uh, Kane Williamson, you know, he did his ACL. He broke his his thumb to come back and score that knock. I think Kiwis did need a fair bit of credit as well. I thought they just didn't have the acceleration. I I, I, I would have played Jimmy Nisham. I, I think they got that wrong. Uh, I think Phillips, you know, I don't think he's cut out. Uh, like, I know he's played some, he can play some fancy shots, but I think his innings was a bit strange. I think they needed to go a little bit harder, maybe put Chapman up. Uh, I think the Kiwis buffed that, but you're right. I mean, India, the, the bowling looks exceptional. I mean, seven wickets for Muhammad Shami. Yeah, so seven for 57 for Shami. But you're right. At one point, New Zealand were two for 220. Williamson and Mitchell were together, and they batted superbly, Williamson and Mitchell. It was fantastic partnership, fantastic century from Mitchell. He's done it before in World Cup semifinals. But then Kane Williamson was caught on the, the deep square leg boundary, 
and that probably turned the game for me. Um, you know, if he sticks around with Williamson for another five or six overs and they can accelerate the run rate, then you're right. Maybe it's a really nervous last 10 overs for India, but the fact that New Zealand stayed in the contest for that long against such a good Indian side is credit to them. I just want to go back to India's batting performance. Everyone looked good, Gil, Ayer, but, you know, Virat Kohli, he went past Sachin Tendulkar with the number of one-day international centuries. So he now has 50, Tendulkar had 49. He looks in incredible touch, almost 800 runs for the tournament. He could win the game for India off his own bat on Sunday night. But, you know, do do you think Kohli is the best 50-over batsman we've ever seen? And, you know, how, how do you rate his tournament so far? Look, I, what I like is he's played. Others have allowed Coley to play the role that he has. One person we didn't speak about in that batting is Rohit Sharma, the captain. Yes. He came out, went hammer and tongs, and just changes it. You know, you just look at the way India played. It was perfect template. Rohit goes hard. By the time he gets out, Gill is in. Gill's going hard. Coley just allowed to. By the time Gill got cramps, you know, Aya comes in, stroke maker, they consolidate. Aya goes hard. Allows Coley to bat those, you know, 30, 40 overs. If we're at Collie Bus 30, 40 overs, you're going to end up on 120. And the other stroke makers are going to ensure that India, you know, if Collie's scoring 120, they're probably getting 180 on the other end, which makes India 300. Uh, a couple of cameos and they reach 350s. It, it sounds very simple, but that's what it is. And everyone needs to play their role. And I think others deserve to get, get that credit. Tendulkar used to set templates all these years ago on how to bat in one day cricket. Collie's taken that on board, probably taken to another level, always. You know, a bit of comparison between, but just the fact that Coley's ability to chase an innings down, I think, just probably allows him to trump maybe even a Tendulkar or a Viv Richards um, or an mm. MS Dhoni or a Michael Bevan. I think he just, you know, and, and his fitness. I mean, look, I, I think that's why I think, yes, no doubt, 50, 50, minus 50 ODI 100. It, it, you just, I like what Harsha Bogle said. You almost have to say it slowly. 50? What? You're talking about 50 ODR hundreds. Remarkable. Indeed. So India win that semi-final by 70 runs. Player of the match was Muhammad Shami, seven for 57. And uh, he's a little bit of an unsung hero for this Indian attack, isn't he? He is. He's, I mean, he wasn't supposed to be part of this, uh, you know, playing 11. Um, (laughs) Interesting, Hardik Pandya, who's the all-rounder. He's gone out, but he's actually taken two players with him. When I say that is... Because he's not there, um, you know, Surikuma, you know, the frontline batsman's playing at six and then making India play four frontline bowlers. Like, they wanted to go with Chadul Thakur or, or Ashman at number eight, but they've just had four frontline bowlers who can hardly bat. And that's one area I think Australia can sort of expose India if they get those early wickets. But, look, outstanding. I mean, Shami, was, he wasn't even probably looking at us as a one-day bowler. Um, he went through the phase. But then it's just been so good. And in bowling first change, you know, it allows, uh, you know, Siraj, if he doesn't get, you know, wickets up front to come back later, it allows Bumra to maybe have just bowl three or four up front, knowing that there's a threat behind. Um, it, it, it's a, I think the, that's why we're, I think we're seeing the best two bowling lineups um, in, in the World Cup final. We talk a lot about batting, no doubt these two are explosive batting orders, but the bowling both teams, whatever they get, I think will back their bowlers to, to bowl out you know, the opposition in that World Cup final. Yeah, definitely. We've got a dream matchup, Australia v. India. 
at Ahmedabad on Sunday night. What do you think of the reports that came up in the lead-up to the semi-final about um, the ICC's uh, officer who's in charge of overseeing the uh, curation of the pitches? Um, there was a leaked email where he was un- unhappy that for some reason the pitch was changed for the first semi-final. It seemed to be at the request of the BCCI. Um, what is your reading of those sort of shenanigans that are going on? From what I heard from sources in Mumbai was that Andy Atkinson, who's the ICC, and Andy Atkinson's been around for a very long time, and as he got to the ground, there were two pitches there, and the, uh, I believe the curators were about to roll a pitch. They hadn't rolled it and said, well, this one's ready because we just need to roll it. We haven't we've just you know, put a bit of water on it, I believe, and they hadn't watered it yet. And then he said, we can use this one or that one. So Andy Atkinson was the impression that they, he felt that once that pitch was rolled, that they were going to use it. Uh, but for, for some reason, they didn't roll that pitch. I don't know why that is. Um, I haven't found that out. But the mm-hmm. other pitch, well, you know. Uh, was used. Um, that, that's 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 what my sources have told me. Um, it, it it could be because it was later in the evening as well. They met because the dew was coming in. They probably didn't want to roll it because there was already more water on that pitch. Um, so that that could be a technical reason. Uh, it, it could be from whatever. But I remember two thousand seventeen Champions Trophy in Cardiff. I was there. Owen Morgan was absolutely pissed off because against Pakistan, and he felt they should deserve some home advantage. Um, a pitch was changed, and and that also happened because of rain. And the curators had two two pitches ready, and then they said, "Oh, oh this might if it rains, this probably might be a bit tacky." So they actually went and played the used pitch, and they played on the used pitch. It, the ball got a little slower, softer, suited Pakistan. They beat England. So it's not the first time it's happened. Um, so yeah, like I understand the story because the story is not about trying to. Con- it's just what the, it, it's probably more about the processes that that are followed in the ICC but and there's plenty of rubbish that's coming out of Pakistan at the moment about how you know <laughs> I think a former umpire has gone on and and, and said basically uh, look I think India bowling with two different balls because yeah, how they bowl is yeah it's, it, it's a load of rubbish there's another one going how Rohit Sharma throws the ball um, you know away from the match referee and you don't know what's happening if it's a heads or a tail so all sort of Bullshit and crap is coming out of that. I think, you know, I think Vasi Makram and other experts have, as they said, you know, India's played the best cricket and they deserve to be there and they've performed beautifully. Yeah, and that pitch um, that India played New Zealand on, I mean, you know, you look at it was on plenty of runs scored, over seven hundred yeah. runs. So um, I guess you could maybe say that the pitch for the Australia South Africa game wasn't quite as good as as that pitch, uh, and I'm sure India will get the pitch they kind of want in Ahmedabad. Um, yep. But, you know, they're playing at home. Like, they're playing at home in home conditions. Of course the pitches are going to suit them, even if they weren't picking the the actual which wicket to use. Of course they're going to slightly favour the home side. It's just well, natural. Yeah, exactly. I think there's too much made out of it. I mean, look, I think India also know how to play on those pitches better. You know exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, they... I mean, Mohammed Chami knows. I mean, they, those style of bowlers. I mean, uh, you know, so, uh, maybe a young Indian quick comes out here, or Pakistan quick comes out here. Doesn't doesn't really succeed like a Pat Cummins or a, or a Joshy Hazelwood, because that. I mean, so 
and people can, you know, I've had fingers pointed at me when I went on the podcast saying, well, what did you do at the Gabba uh, last year against South Africa? Mm. You pulled out a grin. So, uh, look, I, I, yeah, I look, it, it, my thing is I understand the story. It was just about ex- trying to explain the ICC protocols, but it, it's not the first time it's happened. And as ICC came out, they said, yeah, we can change the pitch as long as you see, at the end of the day, Andy Atkinson has travelled to 10 different venues. He doesn't sit at one venue. You know, he doesn't yeah. know what, what, what the contents of the pitch are like. He, he's then curated a pitch in India. You know, he, he's overseas them. That's totally different, Menace. Yeah. Hopefully we get a good pitch for Sunday night because it's an occasion befitting a lot of runs and a competitive match. I can't now, wait. Breaking news, I know Narendra Modi will be there, the Indian Prime Minister. Do you reckon Albo yep. is going to go over there? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm not into geopolitics, uh, Gab, <laughs> but I don't think he will. I mean, okay, no, I, I don't think he will. I, I think, yeah. Can we go? Anyway, well, that is our <laughs> review of the World Cup semifinals. Uh, Gav, thanks for joining me. Uh, a bit tired today, so you've been a bit vague, but, you know, I just want to reiterate, I take everything back. Andrew McDonald is the greatest coach Australia's ever had. Pat Cummins is Australia's greatest ever white ball captain. You know, picking Adam Zampa as their only spinner was enough. And Australia marches into an eighth World Cup final. I couldn't be more proud of the team the way they've played in this last couple of weeks as the business end of the tournament is drawn near. And um, whatever happens now, Gav, we should be proud of the team because India are the the clear favourites. Australia have got nothing to lose on Sunday, do they? Yep. Nothing to lose. I mean, where are they going to get it? Epic World Cup final or the way India's played, on the track record, we could see, you know, something that Australia did in that 2007 World Cup where they just annihilated everyone and that could potentially happen that way. I, I don't think so. I think Australia's mentality is, you know, I don't think Australia's, weak mentally i think they're they're very strong Uh, what i like is you know it's a nice generational battle these guys from you know the coleys and you look at a lot of indian players from the age between that 30 and 35 36 a lot of australian players between age back of 30 and 36 so it's the last of a generation i think that these are the guys who are still built with strong principles of, you know, technique and loving test ball, uh, test cricket and those sorts of people. So, you know, I love that tussle. I, I think it's it, it's the last of a kind, if I can say it. Yeah, definitely. Last opportunity for many of these great Australian players, Warner and Smith, et cetera, to, to lift the title. And the same you would expect for the Indian team. Well, Gav, thanks for joining me, listeners. Um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back soon with more content leading into the World Cup final or after the World Cup final. But Australia versus India is the way it'll finish up. This is a Piccolo podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. 
That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.